Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing season one of the Netflix original series, One Day at a Time. I have been homesick for the last two days, so I have taken the time to, for reevaluation, meditation, yeah, just kidding. I basically flopped on the sofa and watch this series with some sippy sips because I did not really feel like doing anything else for a while and took my medicine. So I'm feeling a lot better today, although not quite up to snuff. Why do we say up to snuff? I don't know. Anyway, moving on. One day at a time. This is the story of an amazingly delightful Cuban family that has relocated to the U.S. It features a single mom, her two children, her mother, and their kind of quasi-family neighbor landlord Snyder. I don't know why, but there's something about Snyder that makes me think he's my favorite character, although I do not like how he behaves with women in his life. Okay, so huge caveat there, but there is something about his desperate trying to make things work that is absolutely hilarious. The first season of this series, I really enjoyed a lot. You could sit down and watch it with the entire family without having to skip anything, although there is some parts about dealing with things that teenagers might be want to skip, although you probably need to be having these conversations with your kids so that you avoid having them do what some of the kids in this TV series were doing. I'm just saying. But anyway, it's basically about a mom who has come back from active duty in Afghanistan She's now a nurse at a doctor's office. She basically runs the entire doctor's office. I don't mean it weird. I mean, no offense, the doctor's kind of a bozo. And the other nurse, it, we would say they're not all there. No offense. A lot of that they can't help. The rudeness they can, you know, blend of the two. And the other secretary of the office is a total ditz brain. I don't mean that badly at all. She just really is. So basically, the single mom runs the doctor's office. She is now starting to take classes to become a practitioner, or no, excuse me, physician's assistant, so that she can have the benefits of being a doctor with a fraction of the time it takes to be a doctor and a nice pay bump in her salary. And it's basically, this is the story of how she's navigating her life as a single mom. She is separated from her husband because he had severe PTSD issues from being in active combat in Afghanistan, which is totally understandable. But it did lead to some discord within the family because they did not know how to mitigate it. And he would not go to counseling for that. His drinking issues are... Um, basically medication overdose to combat the effects of the PTSD. So that is why she is separated from her husband. She did try to date during this first season, which is bloody hilarious. And someday I will do a podcast on why I found that and the first season of Atypical Amusing given my current situation. But that is not for today because I'm not feeling it very good and we're just reviewing this episode. But anyway... I would give this series overall, season one, of One Day at a Time, an absolute 9.2, which is extremely high for Anna. I hardly give anything a 9, let alone a 9.2. I would probably give it a 10 if it had not had some more 
blatant discussion of certain issues, which I really would want to fast forward through with a younger audience, so I wouldn't have to explain what certain things are regarding multiple people. And you can all figure out what I'm saying, and I'm trying to keep this PG rated, but let's just say the mom opened a computer and was like, oh my God, I got to go have a talk with my kids. So anyway, but I did really like this series. I especially like Schneider. He is their landlord and he basically comes and eats dinner with them, takes the one kid on on baseball sporting events because he is deemed okay to do so and then totally messes it up and becomes absolutely uber paranoid and drags the kid back home early because he feels he had failed the family as it were as found out that the kids had locked him out of the hotel room and then were found running maid carts down the hall which he considers a hazard because you never know when a shower cap might suffocate one of these 12 year olds as they're flying down the hall I love Snyder, even though he has a terrible taste in women. I mean, he really does. I don't know why the women all like him, to be honest. I mean, he's a very wealthy person, and he has his own apartment complex. But to me, there really needs to be more to relationship than that. I'm just saying. And they don't like him for his absolute idiosyncrasies, which are bloody hilarious. I still wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how the series is going to turn out, but I wouldn't be surprised if the single mom does end up with Schneider, which would be bloody hilarious. Although I'd be saying they're going, that's kind of a mess, but I guess they're all used to him being a mess. I, I don't know. But anyway, so we have Snyder. Elena is the eldest daughter in the series. She decides to come out to her mom and grandma after coming out to her younger brother, which Really, I think they handled that situation much better than most modern television series do. Although I still think American drama handles homosexuality very poorly compared to other countries and how they handle sexuality. For example, Thailand and Taiwan in their film and drama they handle that a lot better although I still would I I would love to see the day when we have someone come out and it's more about them liking a person than them liking a certain sex of individual I don't mean it word I'm looking forward to the day when we don't have a kid come to its mom or its dad and say I like girls because or I like guys because to me that's you don't like all guys and you don't like all girls. You are, I don't know, I'm way too linear on this kind of deal, but I'm like, that's a broad spectrum of individuals. Like what kind of guy or what kind of girl do you like? I mean, no offense, but specific specificity is very important to Anna. So I get really tired of the dramas that say, my daughter likes girls or my son likes boys because I'm going, well, that's a very broad spectrum there. What kind of guys or what kind of girls does your child like? Because that's what's important. And I certainly hope they don't like more than one person at once because that's going to get really confusing really fast. And again, on the story, but I really do get fed up with this sometimes. That's why I prefer to watch Asian drama a lot more than American for other reasons because we typically don't have this much of a conversation on, oh, they're they're gay or, oh, they're straight. It's just like, oh, they're a person and they happen to like so-and-so over there. That's a lot less complicated. I mean, we really, 
I think in American drama, we make things way more complicated than it has to be. And I don't mean it weird, but high school is complicated enough as it is without trying to sit there and make it more complicated as the mom trying to figure out what to do or what not to do or how to behave or how not to behave. And, you know, I totally get the mom in this series because I'm going, she really is a cool person. I think as a character in the show, she's one of the few moms I've ever seen in the series that I kind of like because she really does love her children to the best of her ability and even with her ex-husband um i guess they're still married her separated from her spouse husband um i don't know what you call that yeah anyway it's confusing so labels are very confusing sometimes to anna it's like i don't mean it weird but when my uncle got divorced from his wife for the second time i was sitting there going well she's still my aunt because I have cousins, but she's no longer my uncle's wife. So what do you call that kind of aunt? I mean, I don't know. It's confusing when you're in high school and it doesn't get better. I still haven't found an answer to that question. I should ask the all-knowing Google. Maybe they have the answer to that. And I could have been laid my confusion years ago and set that to rest so that, you know, at two in the morning when that randomly pops in my head, I can just know the answer to that. I should do that. Anyway, moving on, but the thing that I do like about how she handles things with her kids, with her husband, um, ex, I don't know what we call that guy, but anyway, with um, Victor, with Victor, how she handles things with Victor is very good. I love how she takes and she finds out that her, that Victor has not gone and gotten counseling for his alcohol problem. He is off the medications, at least temporarily, and he is not seeing anyone for his PTSD. And she's like, you know, Victor, I care about you. We had kids together. That doesn't change how I feel about you, but it just changed how I'm able to handle you being in our lives because if you don't get help for these situations that you have to deal with, which are something that you do have to deal with, we do not we are not going to be able to be around you in the way that we could be if not because you could end up going and trying to kill yourself because you can't handle the pts or you could hit the wall because you don't know how to handle the pts and again not everyone who has ptsd does those things a lot of people handle that very quietly and tend to become more insular about it they do not hit walls they do not cuss they do not get angry but that is the what I say, the obvious traits of PTSD happen to be oftentimes that. However, I have seen situations where that is not it at all. And I think that's a very important point is that when people hear PTSD, they always think, oh, it's the person who, when they get upset with the PTSD, they're, they're hitting walls, they're swearing, they're very angry. And sometimes that is not the case at all. And I think that we don't really cover that kind of PTSD in film, but that does not make it any less viable as a disorder that people have to face at some points in their lives sometimes because of traumatic situations. And I really wish we did cover that as well because I think it's an important point. But moving on from that whole thing, I think she handles things with Victor excellently. And then we come to, in Anna's opinion, the star of the show, which is the grandmother, the abuleta. 
is absolutely awesome. I don't know who plays Abuleta, but Abuleta is amazing. I mean, she is this awesome, fiery, passionate, and I mean that in a good way. Even though the word passionate is not very nice when you look it up in the dictionary, person who is always doing these absolutely zany things that you just. Love to pieces, and there's a part of me that I don't know why I've always loved that kind of person. Although I am so antithetical to that person, isn't even kind of funny. But there is something about their spirit and their ability to just be so much themselves in this crazy, off-the-wall way that I just can't help sitting there going, "My goodness, they're so wonderful." And Abuelita. Is one of those people. She's just so cool. So I would highly recommend watching this series, if for no other reason, because the grandmother is this absolutely awesome zany woman. She's kind of like a taller version of Edna Mode. She even has the glasses and the hairstyle. So I'm just saying, Edna Mode was one of my favorite characters in high school. I'm not saying sure what that says about me, but anyway, the other thing that I really liked about this show is the mom. Does find a computer that one of her children was looking up something entirely inappropriate on. I will be the first to admit, but I love the way that at the end, how the mom handled that situation because I think in modern society, certain things that happen to be on computers sometimes. I'm not going to say the word because I'm trying to keep this kitty friendly, although most of our audience is 18 to 23 years old, so you all know what I'm thinking. But anyway, is a huge problem in Western society. Although I also know it's a big problem anywhere. I mean, if you walk into an internet bar in India, you're going to find a lot of people using the computer for very inappropriate actions, not for sending business emails. But my point is, is The mom sees the situation, completely panics because it's on her son's computer. Snyder comes in and sees the situation and kind of completely panics. The doctor who um, she works for happens to be at her apartment and see this, and he is totally freaked out and says,、uh, "Just so everyone knows, this isn't my computer. I don't know what's going on here." So you have three people that are standing there going, "Oh my goodness, we have this on the computer." My son, who is like twelve, was watching this trash from the nadir of the earth. But you know, the mom sitting there going, "I've got to figure out how to have a talk with him about life, about." Birds and bees, and why we call it birds and bees, I have no idea. I've always wondered. It has nothing to do with birds and bees. So why on earth do we label it that? Again, labels. But I digress. So anyway, we have three people completely panicking about this over here, and then we have the grandmother who comes in and goes, "What is the problem?" And I'm not making fun of her, but she really does sound that way. And the mom says, "Trust me, mom. You don't want to watch this show." And the mom is like, "You know, I was married for forty years. I can handle this. What are they watching?" And so she she's looking at it, and she has her opera glasses. And I don't know why, but that scene was not appropriate. But it was. Bloody hilarious! Because she's sitting there and she takes her upper glasses because she can't see very well, and then she slowly puts her upper glasses down, slams the computer, and goes, "Burn this device!" <laughs> and I don't know why, but that was a absolutely hilarious scene. And I love how the mom then goes and talks to her son, who she finds out had 
no idea that was on his computer because he was not the one looking at anything inappropriate. He's like, Mom, I don't look at that stuff. I try to avoid anything to do with that kind of stuff because I know that you will then try to have this awkward conversation with me, which is kind of the goal of my life is to avoid that conversation with you. And I think that whole episode was probably, you know, I don't mean a word. It was a very inappropriate issue to have to deal with with kids. But I think the mom, in her attempt to try to deal with the problem, you know, I don't know why, but I've always been the kind of person when, when it, with it's someone that I trust and I know that things are going to be okay, I am so there with the mom. I am sitting there going, I am going to face this head on. We are going to have this conversation. It might take me six days to get powered up for it. That's a that's progress, peeps. I mean, for something like what the mom was dealing with, it would have used to have taken me like two months to a quarter of a year to deal with something like that. And I'm like, you know what? We are going to approach this. We are going to deal with this head on. We are going to so get this because I am finally 30-something and I am a din mom. So, you know, it kind of just comes with, the I don't know, you, you kind of become this weird person and it's like, wow, it's kind of like you get a new superpower when you're in your 30s. I don't know. So anyway, it's like you finally fit in your skin and you know that you can wear that cape and it works okay. So anyway, the din, the the mom in the show is like, you know, son, this is not what we do. This is not appropriate. Da, 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 and this is why. And so she goes into somewhat more great detail about how this is not okay. And he's like, mom, I don't even know what you're talking about. And now you've really scared me because you're talking about things that are very confusing. She's like, oh my goodness. Now my son has this in his head, which I had no intention of doing. I was trying to explain this is why we don't watch something like this. And so then she goes and talks to her daughter, who was actually the one using the computer, which was not appropriate for things she shouldn't have been doing. And she has a talk with her daughter. And I love how she handled that talk because she's like, you know, you shouldn't have done this. This isn't what you should do. But you did do this. We're going to talk about this. We're going to deal with this in a calm and rational manner. We aren't going to yell, scream, call you a demon from hell. You know, I think there's always a, that's a good thing. In my family, if somebody had been caught doing that, that would have happened. Although, no one in my family would have done anything like that either. So maybe because, I don't know, we all knew we'd be called that. So anyway, I'm just saying, I never had any desire to do anything like that. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so she deals with the issue. She says, you know, so-and-so, if you do have questions, you can come talk to me about it. And I think it's that is one of the best episodes because you do have an uncomfortable situation, which a lot of parents would fly off the handle with. And I'm not saying that the mom didn't fly off the handle slightly, but I think given retrospect, she handled that one pretty well, kept it pretty calm. Yeah, she was upset about the fact that her daughter was using her brother's computer so she wouldn't be framed for watching inappropriate material. But still, I think she was able to look at the situation and go, my daughter's a good kid. She made a bad mistake. We deal with the bad mistake. We also discuss that if we have any questions regarding anything, my daughter can come and talk to us about it. And then we move on. Let our kid know that we love them and that this has nothing to do with their worth, value, or personal self. And I'm going, 
that's a pretty cool way to handle the situation. So I would highly recommend this series. I'm probably going to go back and do an episode by episode review, but today I am not feeling up to snuff. I am like, I hardly ever do this. It really has to be like a high Jewish holiday for me to set and listen to Jewish lectures. Or I feel pretty sick and I am on my couch, my Sheldon couch, which looks quite similar to his. It took me months to find one like this. I'm just like, I want a Sheldon couch with free delivery. That's all I'm asking. And it finally arrived. And I'm on my Sheldon couch in my beautiful living room with my money tree blowing in the breeze because my air conditioner is not working today. Don't get me started on that one. I have two days sick off and it's when my air conditioner decides to kaput. I'm like, seriously, the air con has to be busted on the two days that I have off because I'm sick, but it's okay. Inner peace, itchy nose, inner peace, itchy nose. And I do have an awesome living room with a bonus book rug on the floor, like the one that, um, Lee Jun-suk crashes on when he's tired and wants to eat um, Hermione. So anyway, in bonus book, but it's a good day. Just it's a little higher in Celsius than I prefer. That's all I'm saying. But I would highly recommend this series. I don't know why I got this. Yeah, I blame the illness for making me slightly disjointed. So anyway, that is my review of One Day at a Time. If you haven't seen this, go check it out if you want a good laugh. Check it at the round table. Season one of One Day at a Time. Bye.